welcome to uh, another episode of the podcast Humanize. Um, I'm joined by Sarah and Lisa from Evolve HR. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about candidate journey and employee experience. So candidate journey means lots of things to lots of different companies and lots of different people. Um, in, in my view, having kind of spoken to quite a lot of our clients about it. Chris, in your view, what is what is it? What is the candidate what journey? What is candidate journey? Yeah. Um, for me, and again, as with my recruitment head on, yeah. and also having been an internal recruiter, so actually yeah. not, not just having a commercial interest in finding someone a job, but actually spending all day every day with these people. Mm. I think candidate journey for me is the experience that an individual has of a organisation that starts with the first time they see a company website or a mm. recruiter is talking to them about about the, the the business, and I think, and that goes the whole way through an application process, all the way through the the first impressions when they turn up to an office to interview. Yeah, how that person treats them, if they are expecting them, for example, rather than being like surprised and looking disorganised, they're here. Mm. I think it is. Um, how timely they're getting feedback on interviews or throughout an application process, mm -hmm. if they're getting feedback at all. I mean, that's a conversation for another day. Mm -hmm. um, all the way to the moment that someone ultimately leaves the business, whether it's through their own choice and they've moved on to something new or, or whether they have been exited from a business because it's not the right decision for the company. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and I think that is really important that you see it, that it starts so early in the stage. But for me, it's like you treat people in a particular way as you bring them into the business. My view is that you treat them exactly the same way as you take them out of the business. Because you have to remember that decisions bringing somebody into the business, and if they're not the right fit, that's probably because your hiring hasn't been successful mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And it's also partly to do with their performance or their behaviour or their conduct. But I think you have to treat people with respect as you bring them in. And 100%, even if it is all on them, the reason why they're being exited, treat them as a human being and treat them with respect as they go out. It's very important because obviously they will talk to other people and I just think it's the right thing to do. Mm. Like I just like to do the right thing and I think it's just nice to do that and treat people properly. And do you think companies... It's a bit of a loaded question because I think I probably know the answer to this. But do, <laughs> okay. do you think that com companies understand the importance of a candidate journey? No, no. A flat. I would say, like, for, from <laughs> in my experience, like, flat out, no. I think okay. there are a couple of clients of ours that I could name that do it like really well. Yeah. And a couple that don't do it badly, mm. but in a talent short competitive market, don't mm. do it particularly well when it comes to attracting people. And what is, I mean, look in in the world of social media that we. You know, we, we have to deal with this on a day-to-day -day basis for lots of different reasons. But in my view, and I, and I could be wrong, candidates really research the companies yeah. they're moving mm -hmm. into, as you, you mentioned earlier. You know, right from the website and, yeah. and what that's showing for lots of different things, right? Whether that's well-being or whether it's mental health or whether it's diversity. It, it feels like, because it is a candidate-led market now, that is important. Mm. What's what's your, what's yeah, your experience of that? I would say... Four years ago, five years ago, I'd never heard of Glassdoor. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then that, like, I became aware of Glassdoor and, and like, mm. the mm. what that ultimately is, right? Like, yeah. it's an open shop window where yes, yeah, candidates can go and review reviews from current employees or previous employees. And I think, well, I know from speaking to candidates that that is, people do read that. They do. Um, yeah. I think some companies or some, like, you might speak to some founders and they're like, oh, no one reads that information, but... 
um, it, in my opinion, people do go out and read, and it, it has a massive impact. To your point, I might go and read some some negative reviews about a company that I'm interviewing with. I decide not to go through the interview, but I also tell three three of my friends, yeah, and then they tell three more people. So, yeah. I think it's an incredibly powerful. And to your point, social media, mm. like word is it word spreads faster these days. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? And it's a narrative that you can't control. No, and then there's the whole like, do you encourage your employees to go and write? positive I mean that is a thing that's definitely a thing yeah definitely because you want to try and balance it's a conversation we have with our clients all the time I mean it is it does tend to be the large one but but Glassdoor is not only for large no 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 No. companies it can be small companies too so that you know that candidate experience has not been a good one or perhaps it has been a good one but they haven't enjoyed the interview process or they didn't get the job or you know and that sometimes that can happen too but there's always relevant feedback somewhere in that what do you do yeah how do you turn Mm. that poor candidate experience around do you go onto glass i mean look we have this conversation all the time with our clients are you active are you yeah. proactive or do you leave it there and and don't respond it's it's an interesting one isn't it with that candidate experience because you say uh, you can't control it yeah. no it's a narrative that's completely out of your control i think and when i talk to my, some of my founders that have concerns i often say to them Let's internalise that feedback. Let's look at that and let's mm. take that feedback on and let's just make sure that we improve our candidate experience. And I've also done interviews where we've talked about the Glassdoor reviews yeah. and we've been quite transparent yeah, about I, it. I think just I, set, and we've said to your point, some of these things have happened yeah. and we have reflected and as a business we have made changes and these are the changes that we've made to make sure that somebody doesn't have the same experience. It's, yeah. it's a journey for a business just as much as it's a journey for a candidate. Yeah, and it's a slightly shameless plug here, I guess, but it's also why I believe hiring companies should choose their external recruitment partners wisely mm-hmm. because it, if, if, if we all believe what I've just said, that the candidate journey starts the first time someone hears a company name, mm-hmm. if that's going through a recruiter, you want to make sure that you trust that person, how they're delivering your message. Do you do they really understand your brand? Do they understand the technology and what they're looking to achieve? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's that's a really important thing to think about if you're in a hiring business right now yeah so on the candidate experience front if you know we're talking to one of our clients and lisa and i aren't recruitment specialists by any stretch of the imagination um but if if you're talking to a new client they've rung you they have x roles that'd be dreamy if they called me (laughs) if they came through to you and you were advising them on that candidate experience so you've gone in you've looked at their website you've spoken to them about the Mm -hmm. process that they follow with interviewing if you had three things that you would suggest that they did to make sure they got that candidate experience right, what what would it be um, that anyone could do? Define values. Yeah. So I would say, like, have somewhere on your website, whether it's a careers page, company page, whatever you want to call it, where, like, your values are defined. Yeah. Um, the feedback we get from when we speak to some of our candidates about our clients that do it well is a defined interview process. So at the start of that journey, like, this is what the hiring process will look like. Mm maybe there'll be the odd occasion where actually they might want to dig deeper on something and so a different stage is thrown in. So I'd say 100% define the values because mm-hmm. it will tell me as a, an applicant like what I might be walking into. Secondly, define the interview process because you're you're managing expectations. Like, is it going to take three weeks to get through this or can we conclude it in a week? Yeah. Um, and I think communication is is the third one and I, that mm. applies to any business, right? But so with the candidate, if 100%. they're doing it directly or with you? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Um, and again, like sometimes we don't get feedback from our clients timely and promptly and that not only reflects badly on us as an agency but also the company that we're representing Mm. and I don't think necessarily some hiring companies see it that way they're like oh they're dealing with a recruiter it's the recruiter's reputation that's like you know on the line per se yeah absolutely 
quite a lot of our clients don't necessarily have a careers page on the website. And um, it's a discussion that kind of I've had internally with a number of different clients. We don't have a careers page on our yes. website. No. How important do you feel that is as part of that candidate experience? Well, I guess if you're not hiring, yeah, then there's, I guess, it's fine. ultimately yeah. a careers page is redundant. Yeah. Um, maybe something to think about, like, why don't you talk about like a people page? Like yeah. a, a landing page, which is all about the people function in the business. Like, what are the values? What does a typical day look like? A bit of backstory about the people that founded the business. So you can, again, get some insight. Mm. Um, I think careers pages... I mean, most of our clients will have a speculative application yeah. portal, for like example. Like a talent. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah. the reason being is, like, if so, and all of our clients will say it to us, like, we might not be hiring Chris, but if someone amazing comes along, like, yeah. send yeah. them our way. Right, um, okay. So I think a careers page is, is important because you don't want to miss out on that passive talent. Yeah. For example, you might be planning to hire an amazing uh, assay development scientist in six months' time, mm. but if someone comes by your website and they like what they see and they're interested, why would you not accelerate the process sooner? Um, and what about feedback? Okay, because uh, look, you know, it's 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 got to be part of that candidate journey, right? Whether you've been successful or, or mm-hmm. unsuccessful, you know. And I, I know, having worked with clients, that sometimes when I seek feedback on, it could be an internal candidate that's gone for the role. That the mm. feedback that comes back is not something that I can necessarily use sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So what you know, as part of that candidate experience, we've talked about it being timely. But what what do you ask your clients for to make sure that you can give that to the candidate if they're moving through to the second interview mm-hmm. or give that to the candidate if they haven't been successful. Um, am I allowed to use the term shit sandwich? <laughs> I, I think, you know, something positive either way. So um, if someone's progressing through a process with us, mm. we still ask the client for if there's something that, you know, maybe the person could be aware of going into a second yeah. interview or whatever it might be. So, yeah, I think something really positive they did well, something that like could could be improved might be, I guess, a bit harsh if they're being you know moved to the next stage and then finishing on a positive and the same if someone's being rejected i think we would always look for something that that person has done well in an interview and then rather than it being a negative i think it's a let's create a learning opportunity so you didn't do this so well yeah next time you interview elsewhere i'd recommend you did this and is it better to be more specific around the feedback because the feedback that I have received through clients is is pretty generic which is like they just weren't the right cultural fit yeah which is a cop out right which is you know it's it's feedback to give when you don't know what else to give and sometimes it can be as tight as that right it can be two candidates both of whom were amazing you did nothing wrong no, absolutely nothing wrong, but but you just felt that this person would fit better with the team or whatever it happens yeah. to be. But sometimes it's just wrong, mm-hmm. as in not the right skills, didn't perform well in interview. Is it better to be specific? Because I know, having worked in orgs, that that feedback, when it comes back, sometimes can be quite general. Yeah, I, I would say it is, but I would say if someone gave, if I was interviewing and someone gave me the feedback that, I don't know, there's nothing you did wrong, someone else was just a bit better. That's a very common line. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably think they would just didn't want to tell me the truth. Yeah. Mm. It's a cop out. Yeah. And it must be hard for you guys to give that feedback. Yeah. Back. Sometimes it's like, yeah. I'm calling you today, Sarah. Unfortunately, it's bad news. You haven't got the role. I have nothing, no um, constructive yeah. criticism to yeah. tell you. Like, you just haven't been successful. And of course, that that can also be a really negative mm. candidate experience, right? As in, I got all the way through, I, I you know, really invested yeah. all of my time. I've done a presentation. I've been through whatever 
tests, et cetera, et cetera. You get to the end and then the feedback is, well, I don't have any for you, but you didn't yeah. get it. Yeah. It's not particularly useful, is it? Mm. Because you need to set them up for the next interview, the next role that they apply for. And if you're not giving them the critical or the constructive feedback and you might have some, mm. then you're l- l- letting that person go and probably make the same mistake yeah. in the next interview and until somebody actually says to them um, I don't know you didn't give uh, really good examples to demonstrate your competence yeah. and that's that's why we yeah. haven't hired you they're not going to do it are they? Yeah I mean I had one of the best bits of candidate experience I had like personally mm. um, my old the last recruitment agency I worked with the lady that interviewed me in the first interview she, she the way she ended the interview was regardless of what happens from here whether you're progressing the next stage or whether you decide you don't want to come into the next stage, he was like, I want you to have a positive, have had a positive experience of this meeting, of our company and who we are, um, which means that you might apply again in the future or you might go and tell one or two or three of your friends and, and they end up getting a job. So uh, there are people that definitely get it. Mm. And that's something to think about. Like um, if you're interviewing someone yeah. and it's quite clear from the start that maybe they're not going to be right, yeah. give that person the time, be courteous, yeah. have a conversation and just have a think about the knock-on effect. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. reputational, isn't 100%. it? Hundred percent. Yeah. So then the candidate journey switches to the employee journey. Mm. So you've been successful, hurrah! You've joined the company. I've got to keep them. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you get them, and then you've got to keep yeah. them and grow them and so, develop them. So in terms of, I mean, I, I guess it reflects back to some of our other podcasts, but that employee journey is just as important, right? So you've had a really great candidate experience. You've come into the organisation. Yeah. I mean, we've all been employed, you know, we are now employers. What what do we, you know, what advice would we give to a founder in terms of somebody joining that org and being set up in the best possible way that they can? So I, with, with, the, with the client previously, we built out an induction that actually started before they joined. So mm. often people have notice periods. Sometimes they can be extensive, up to mm. six months. Um, but often if you're hiring... T- key technical roles it's three months Mm -hmm. in general so our induction for that business started at the point that they accepted the offer and then we constantly um, communicated with them we had regular uh, check-ins for the manager who was they were going to be reporting into and the reason for that was to try and instill sort of create um, a buzz for them and to demonstrate to them that we were excited we're excited for you to be joining us and for me I think that's really important because those three months are really quite important because if you don't they don't hear from you during all of that time and all they get is an email for your first day I don't know people can have second thoughts they they don't think that's quite as engaging as they would want it to be I think if you get them to sign the contract confidentiality is covered so you can share them some documentation Mm. that you want them to pre-read so that they understand some of the things that they're going to be working on and if possible uh, particularly for this business we had them uh, join a team meeting literally the month before they were going to join not too too far out but so that when they were in on their first day, they'd spoken to their manager a couple of times. They'd met everybody on a yeah. team meeting. And then the induction then for me actually lasts really three months. Mm-hmm. I, I think lots of companies think it's a week. Mm-hmm. Right, you're in. 
You've got yeah. your laptop. Yeah, You've, your we've job. given you your key meetings of your of your stakeholders. Right now, you're inducted to get on with your job. Yeah. I just it's just it doesn't work like that. I think the first day is overwhelming. You you can't remember people's names. Regardless of how confident you, you are, yeah. First day of your job is like a lot. And you just and you feel like you're sort of on show and you're like a bit of on your best behaviour kind of thing. show pony. Yeah, and everyone's oh hello, how are you? Oh, yeah, great. And you can never remember anybody's name. <laughs> so having a buddy. I think it's really important so you can buddy them up and then they've got somebody to ask the questions that, look, we say that a stupid question is there is no such thing, but actually we all have like a little bit of a lack of vulnerability when we're new in a business, I think, until you build your relationships. So you do have that person where you can ask the question you've asked five times and you still haven't understood it or you keep forgetting. Um, And I think that gives you a little bit of a safe place to go to Mm. and keep that buddy for three months. So that and not always someone in your team. Mm. So I think it's nice to buddy somebody out of your team because then you start to cross pollinate your relationships with other teams and have some social things built into it, you know, like a team lunch, um, a buddy lunch we would do with that with them as well. And then have a very structured induction that lasts for a month and don't pack everything in in the first week. Because quite often, if you if you think it's just a week or two weeks, they're meeting, 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 mm. meeting. And how does anybody retain mm. all of that information? You just, you probably yeah. don't. What does a good induction look like? So I guess I'm asking because let's use, if I use recruitment as an example, mm. like once we've talked about like, you know, company history, like obviously you've interviewed for the job, you've seen job descriptions, like we have people come in for half a day, spend their day in the office, half a day in the office to actually like, okay, this is what a day might actually look like. Because again, that's different to what it sounds like in an interview. But what does a good induction look, what does that, what does that mean to you, a good induction? Lots of touch points with different people, time spent with the line manager who shows that he's, he he or her, uh, extremely invested and excited for you to to join. I think it's really important. And one of the things that we did when Sarah and I worked together was the company journey. So Mm. get the CEO or the founder, whoever it is, to spend some time and talk to all of your new hires about where they started the business, why they started the business and what they see for the future for this business Mm. and where all of you guys who are here and we've hired, how you're fitting into this plan. And I think if you can set that scene right at the beginning, Mm. people feel they're part of a journey, they're part of a movement, they're part of something. So they're engaged with it. And that, I think, creates momentum really quickly. And then I think just making sure that people have structure. I would also give people um, some KPIs, goals, objectives, whatever you want to call it, during those first three months, really simple but structured, so that they have clarity around what you want from them. Because I have seen it where people go, well, you know, we want you to read all of this information in the first week. And then in the second week, we want you to think about what you might do with this. It's too woolly. It's too woolly, isn't it? And people get a bit lost in all of that so I think it's just spending time making sure that they're settled make sure they have the right tools so make sure they're laptop on the first day they've got all of their systems and spend time um, building up all of their um, understanding of all the tools and platforms across the business so that they can access all of that and from an HR perspective have a check-in probably week six see how things are going, see how their relationships are building, making sure they've got all the tools that they need to do their job and whether there's any training or anything missing or any concerns Mm. that they have at that point and feed that back to the line manager and then do another check-in probably at three months and see how they've settled. End of probation anyway. And 
then, it? Or if end of probation is six months, yeah. then you would do, obviously you would do a check-in at the end of six months. You forgot one thing. What was that? Merch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the games industry thing, isn't it? Yeah. We all love a little What do you think's merch. a good little... And do you, do you, your clients send, like, welcome packs out to people some before do. they yeah, start? Yeah, some do. Some, yeah. some wait until they arrive and then it's, you know, it could be cookies, it could be... I mean, games companies are brilliant at this. They like are a hoodie, hoodie T-shirt, bag. Yeah. A mug. So I have got a mug, which I was given by a client, mm-hmm. uh, a games client, and I have a pixelated picture of my face on it, and I absolutely love it. Nice. Like, it's so personalised, and I've got it now, and I, I still have it at home, and I absolutely love it. And I it. think that's the trick. It is a, the personal, personal touch. Yeah. You know, you're excited about them joining. It doesn't have to be expensive. You know, no. I am laughing about it, but actually having something when somebody joins is a really lovely thing, whether yeah. it's a company-branded mug all the way through to, you know, game studios do particularly well, but, you know, a hoodie or something that's linked tote to the bag. company. You can never yeah. have too many it tote just, bags. Yeah, just, <laughs> it just goes down really well and you feel part of that team mm. instantly. Yeah. Um, so I am making a little bit of a joke of it, but actually it does make a really I big difference to people joining. I still wear the hoodies that I had when I worked in the games industry. Yeah, I absolutely love yeah. them. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, definitely. Definitely makes... Um, massive difference and I think you know going back to that which I do think is actually really important that journey of the business yeah it also puts people in front of the senior people of that business really quickly yeah and it's humanized and, and I would not we normally do it around a breakfast yeah so you yeah. all have breakfast and suddenly you've spoken to the most senior person in that business it's been quite chill and at the end quite often it's open for, for questions and um, people ask things like well what would you have done if you didn't do this yeah. and you start to learn yeah. a little bit more about those people and they become demystified yep. in that moment and they suddenly become human mm. and when you see them in the corridor you Hello. you feel confidence to yeah. say hello to them rather than this enigma that arrives and disappears and sits in an office and doesn't engage with anybody yeah so it's really good lots of what you're saying sounds um like a bit more than just like startup world right where there's much more than like five or ten people when you talk about getting FaceTime with senior people so uh, not necessarily it actually works better in startups okay. in smaller yeah smaller because because it's flat personal yeah so you're working the founder realistically has been part of that interview process if there's five of them yeah. right and you will have already met that person so actually i feel like with flat orgs it actually works better because you're right you can physically get around a table um torsten uh, yeah. ryle who was one of our ceos of yeah. natural motion back in the day used to do this thing called banana thursday <laughs> okay it's <laughs> <That's> ridiculous <laughs> but when they were small enough i mean they grew to sort of 350 people but when they were sort of 50 he used to walk around the office and give out bananas oh, but why bananas i don't know people need anyway. to ask it was him. just a way of him connecting with every single person okay. in that team um, and then, you know, he did it from sort of zero all the way through to, I think, about 50 people roughly. But after that, I got a little bit untenable. Yeah. <laughs> or a ran out of bananas. bananas. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but it used to be a thing. And, and thinking about, you know, your your point there around startups, I do think with inductions, it is almost, you can do it at any level. And if you get it right at five people, my God, you're going to have got it right yeah, so as true. you scale to kind of 50, 100. Yeah. Larger companies, yeah, they've got the budget for merch, right? And And... And then it goes to the HR team to organise the induction. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good induction. Mm-hmm. Just because you're larger doesn't mean you get it right. We have to go into orgs all the time and redesign something that hasn't or isn't quite working mm. for a company of, I don't know, 100, 150 people. And I feel strongly that it's the manager's responsibility to induct their new person. Not HR. Dump it on HR. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we are there to support and 
build relationships with new people. That's why I like to do, one of my clients at the moment, we do a first day induction. But we talk about all of the HR things. We talk about all of the people things. We talk about the simple things in terms of benefits, the things that they want to know. But I'm not their line manager. Mm. And I'm not going to be the most important relationship that they have. Well, I shouldn't be the most no. important no, relationship that they have in the business. I should be just somebody that's there that they know and can have conversations with. Their line manager is accountable and responsible, along with the rest of the team, to induct that person into the business. And I'm not so sure that all businesses kind of understand that concept. I think often it is handed off to HR. Yeah. And whilst we can do a fabulous job because we're fabulous people mm-hmm. um, and we're very people focused... I'm not so sure that that's the right decision. It definitely is the manager because that's that's how you build a relationship. Well, it's also about the role, let's be honest. And, yeah. and the quicker that you can induct somebody into their role, into their team, into a relationship with the line manager, the, the more quickly that person can turn around and start being productive and the longer they will stay. Yeah. So you, it's... I'm oh, sorry to interrupt. Do you think there's a difference between like where does candidate journey stop and employee experience begin or are they actually the same thing? I just think they roll into each other. I think one rolls into the other because I do think that the whole candidate employee journey is from what you said that initial yeah, first touch point under sort of knowing of the company right to the point where they leave for whatever reason they leave yeah. and so I think it's it's just the whole journey and I think they dovetail and should naturally mm. roll from one to the other because in most cases if you have HR within your team or if you have an external consultant like us when the person's hired in we immediately start to engage we're the yeah. ones that send out the offer letter we're the ones that send out the contract when they have questions we're the ones that probably answer those questions so I think yeah it's definitely it definitely just folds um, all the way through yeah, I don't right think they're t- yeah I don't think they're two separate things I just thought about something one of our clients does really well um, and I guess it says a bit about the partnership but they they put together like a two-page pdf document type thing that as soon as we engage with a candidate and we've given them the company name they ask us to share it with them because it's like a bit of like history on the business Mm, like funding situation it basically it actually does a lot of it answers a lot of the questions that candidates ask us Mm. you know what level of funding do they have how many people are they how much have they grown by are they revenue generating Mm. when do they plan on being revenue generating um that's really helpful as well and i think again that gives a a candidate a really good first impression of a, a potential employer do you think candidates ask different companies of organisations now than they did five years ago? And and what I'm thinking is around that work-life balance piece, because that's part of yeah. the candidate journey mm. too, right? Do, mm. do you feel that the questions coming from candidates now are different to they were pre-COVID? Yeah, I mean, we we have mechanical engineers that work remotely. Never would have happened before. I never say, that was never a thing, Never right? would have even been... Not completely remotely, but like yeah, they're yeah. going to the office like a day or two a week. Hybrid. Um, so I think, yeah, obviously the, the point about working from home, yeah. flexibility Hybrid is working, another one. Or... I think even beyond that, like working hours, like yeah. do I need to be in the office between nine and a half, five or nine to mm. six or whatever, or actually do you care more about what the I, work do? That I do? <laughs> like Output. Yeah, 100%. So yes, I think candidates' questions have changed and I think that... Um, it is still a candidate-led market. Not quite as much as it was. And do you think companies have got... Because what I'm saying, I guess, is the candidate ask is different, which is all part of that Mm. candidate journey, right? So, and, And companies aren't necessarily responding as quickly to a slightly different shaped world. I mean, hybrid working, nobody had a choice, right? Mm -hmm. We all work remotely from poof for pretty much two years. But I think what I'm seeing, companies are a little bit surprised with some of the asks that are coming through from yeah. candidates as part of mm-hmm. of that journey. Are you 
what's your perception of that? Yeah, I think people are, are being demanding is the wrong word. I think they know what some some companies obviously need. do it really well. Yeah. And therefore I don't need to come and work for you because I know that like I can get a job with you and your flexibility is way better and your benefits are way sure. better. So I think people are more confident in what they want and they know what they want. Yeah. I do think it's and I mean this is definitely a different podcast, but I do think that's starting to change where we're starting to see generational. Yeah, starting to see people wanting to come back into the offices because obviously oh, okay. coming out. And I think that that for me is uh, it is generational because you go to school, you go to college, you go to university and this is where you build your social relationships and your friends. Then suddenly you're sat in your bedroom working for on your years. own for 2 years. Yeah. Where have you built and there is no way that you can build the same type of relationship with this, with the amount of people mm-hmm. from your bedroom on your through Teams or your phone or however than you do in a kitchen in an office. And I think that um, probably the younger generation, from a social perspective, like this is why I say I think it's a different podcast. Yeah, that for them they've really missed out. On 100%. some of that stuff, okay. um, I think it has an impact on promotion. So I think there's lots of yeah. things that we're going to start to see shift. I was just interested in, in that the kind way. of that candidate journey because it's always been company led, right? But actually, yeah. I think it isn't think anymore. It is. Even money, like I think people yeah. are asking for, like if we go to graduates, for example, like some of the salaries. When I talk to a grad, I'm like, you want how much from your first role? Yeah, but they got afford to feed themselves. Like, yeah, no, no one can afford <laughs> I mean, bread now. So yeah, it's true. Uh, just uh, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because that candidate journey starts somewhere slightly different now in terms of the asks and mm. the desires and the the needs than it did yeah. when it was you know kind of company driven. But yeah, anyway, maybe for another podcast. Cool. <laughs>